Today is Friday, July 9th, 2021. A ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are for. John A. Shedd. You're listening to episode 250, Consciousness and Plant Medicine, with Jonathan DePotter. One of the things that hit me the hardest is um, there's an article which then subsequently turned into a book, which is top five regrets of the dying. And it's mm. this nurse who was working with people late in life. And she was asking them, so what do you what do you regret? And it was just universally the same things. All these people who've gotten to a late stage in life where, you know, they think they've worked too hard. They haven't been true to themselves. They haven't been loving enough. They haven't stayed in touch with their old friends. And it's because of all of the, you know, all of the distractions all of the outside world commitments. And so I think, you know, fundamentally, we're not here to work, right? We're here to evolve ourselves. And through that evolution, work can, you know, work can serve that evolution or work can be a massive distraction, as you were saying, from from that evolution. This is the Dance of Life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here, as always. Very grateful to share my Fridays with you. Hope you're having a great day, because we're going to make it even greater. I have an amazing guest for you today. His name is Jonathan DePotter, and he is the founder and CEO of Behold Retreats. And he advocates for self-improvement and elevating consciousness as the most meaningful way to better the world. Jonathan's priority is to raise education and awareness about plant medicines like ayahuasca and psilocybin and guide others to maximize the potential benefits, ultimately which led him to launch Behold Retreats. If you want to go check out Behold Retreats and what is it about, they do guided retreats and experiences with plant medicine. It's behold-retreats.com. And I'll put this in the show notes for the episode. This is episode 250. Today we're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff. Some things maybe that you haven't tried yet or you haven't looked into. Plant medicine, psychedelics, spiritual development, what consciousness is in Jonathan's own journey through this vast and very interesting world. I'm very excited to share it with you. It's a unique episode. I don't think I've talked about this particular topic on the show ever. Um, Yet it is a very interesting topic and I'll share my own experiences with some of these things as well. I think they can be very powerful tools for spiritual growth. And so I'm excited to share it with you today. Just about to jump into the conversation here, but make sure you hit that subscribe button, share, leave a review, whatever it is that inspires you today. I hope this episode really contributes to you and inspires you with some new information and new things that you can try and do in your life to expand your consciousness. Episode 250, Consciousness and Plant Medicine with Jonathan DePotter. Let's do this.
Hey, well, it's good to have you on the show, man. I'm so excited. You know, this is actually, uh, this will be the first time I've ever had somebody chat about, you know, uh, plant medicine, you know, psilocybin, psychedelics. I mean, this is actually, I'm really excited for this conversation because I think it's also good timing with everything in the world that's happening right now. I think people want something deeper, something more, and there's so much wonderful potential with plant medicine. Obviously we can get into it, but I'm really excited to have you on the show. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Tudor. It's a, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, yeah, excited to have a chat, you know, for, for me, it's, um, it's a topic that I got wrong for so many years. And then, mm. so when I got it right, I was like, Oh, now I get it. And so as much as anything, like I'm just motivated to get out there and speak to people and uh, share with them some of my mistakes so that they can, uh, they can avoid them as much as possible. I love that. And you have a nice deep voice too. So that's good. It's a good, good, strong voice. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's just because I've just, uh, just rolled out of bed just five minutes ago. <laughs> you know what? That's, that's a great strategy. I'm, 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 I might have to try that sometime. <laughs> What do you mean when you say you got it wrong? That's, that's really curious to me. Yeah. Well, um, where to begin, I suppose what I've come to recognize over time is that most people as they explore plant medicine are overlooking a few of the critical components because personal development is just deeply complex, right? There's so much variety to our being that what we're, obviously trying to do is to take a holistic, you know, I think everyone would agree that they're trying to take a holistic approach to their development, but actually achieving that is far more complex than I ever would have imagined when I set out along this path. Um, And so I think generally speaking, you know, there's, there's a couple dynamics that I'll, that I'll throw out there and then you can guide the, the conversation in the direction that you find interesting. But you know, number one, I would say that people are overlooking the mental and emotional work. Um, and so, you know, they're going and having these very powerful, transcendent, profound, challenging plant medicine experiences, but they're not doing the deep work around metacognition to become more conscious of their limiting beliefs, their uh, thought patterns that are no longer serving them. They're not doing the work to reach down into the physical body and, um, feel into emotions, you know, lower level emotions like shame, guilt, fear, apathy, grief, pride, envy, anger. And we've all got layers of those emotions to a greater or lesser extent in our, in our being. And then the third piece, and this is, I think probably the most challenging and and, um, an area where often we, we actually cannot do this for ourselves, even if we have the right intentions is the energetic or the spiritual work. And so, you know, often if, uh, if you've had some fun in your youth out there drinking and partying and all sorts of, you know, what have you, you've actually done some, some damage to your energetic body and, or you've picked up energetic elements that are, um, you know, no longer serving you. And so as we're doing this work, part of what we're trying to do is to, you know, align body, mind, heart, and spirit, and to remove some of these, what might be described as autonomous energetic phenomenon from the body because they are, they're, they're limiting us. You know, sometimes you, you hear people, oh, I feel really restless all the time. Well, that's generally a byproduct of some of these energetic phenomenon that are, that are no longer serving. And I know that sounds a bit abstract and maybe even woo woo, but um, that's, that's fundamentally just the reality. And so I think there's more of the psychedelic scientists are picking up on this and trying to find the right ways to label it, et cetera. 
That's so and so, so much in there, man. I, I love it. I, I think, I, I think uh, uh, there's so much to talk about, but I want to start with, you know, what you, what you said about basically approaching this from, from a spiritual perspective. I mean, for me, I can relate to everything you said, honestly. And uh, I, I've done mushrooms several times throughout my life. <laughs> and I was lucky that I had um, friends and other people who were experienced with it. I have a friend who's actually a shaman. <laughs> yeah, that's like his thing. He's a Native American, you know, he's got Native American roots and he's really into, uh, you know, his basically roots and learning kind of the shamanic ways. And so, uh, you know, I was able to basically be part of something he organized a while back and just stuff like that. And it's, I can tell you, those are some of the most profound experiences, but at the same time, had I done mushrooms earlier in my life, when I was like, maybe let's say 21 or you know, 22 or something, and not to say that that age, you shouldn't do anything. But in my own life, I think there's definitely a maturity that has to come with. And I think it's so important because, you know, um, to me, all these things are, there's the experience, but then there's also sort of the integration that happens afterward, you know, and also before the experience, the intentionality going into it. Every time I've done one of those things, uh, you know, and sort of had a very powerful intention going into the experience, it's always been just so just mind blowing, you know, and it's like, you don't need to do it very often. I mean, I, I think I would do something and it would give me enough to munch on for like a whole year or six months, you know, just to basically like just integrate into your life. It's just so crazy how powerful it can be if you really approach it from you know, an intentional perspective. And I have friends, you know, that <laughs> recreationally like, oh, let's do some mushrooms, you know, cause it's pleasurable and it's fun or whatever. And to me, it's just like, you know, it's obviously it's better than getting drunk because alcohol is just terrible for your body. But, um, you know, you're really missing the opportunity. Like these things are, they're, to me, they're sacred things. You know, they're, they're very important pieces of, of our spiritual growth. And so you really touched on that. And I, I would love to see what your perspective is on, all of that, basically the intentionality and, and the integration aspect of the whole experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love what you said there about, um, you know, finding these things later in life. I think there should be a lot stronger messages out there in relation to that. And, um, and I share this without judgment. I, I grew up in Hawaii where there's a lot of substance use and substance abuse, you know, with alcohol and all sorts of quote unquote drugs. And so growing up in that environment, I just, I looked around me and I said, geez, I don't see anything good here. Like, I don't know why these people are doing this stuff, but like what's resulting from it is just fundamentally not good. And so mm. uh, I avoided it very early in life. And, you know, I, I hate to share this, but the friends and friends of friends who got amongst this stuff early, they haven't wound up on a particularly positive trajectory. Right. And so yeah. I think it's important that, you know, as you said, these substances in of themselves are not positive. They amplify what's going on. Exactly. And so, and so, you know, it's very easy to mess yourself up with these substances. Uh, and I don't say that to, to scare people, but rather to, you know, as you were saying to, 
that they be treated with due respect. Um, and I, and I completely agree with you that, yeah, I mean, if you're going to choose something recreational, do this, not that. Um, but, but, you know, these are such powerful experiences. And so, you know, when it comes to what we're actually trying to achieve, um, with, with that integration work, you know, what we're trying to do is to sustain a higher level of consciousness, right? So it's very easy to have this profound transcendent experience that bypasses the ego, skips the mental and emotional, you know, blind spots that we have. It seemed our ego is just super, super sneaky, right? It's just says, Oh, okay. You want to go up there? Always finds a way to get back in the conversation, right? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And so it's just like, and up you go and wow, universal love and blah, blah, blah. And then the next day you're, you know, you're flipping off the guy next to you. Fuck universal. (laughs) You're flipping off the guy next to you in traffic, you know, your own relationships are still a disaster. You don't look after yourself. You don't really care much about your work and you're going, okay. And there, and there's this person telling you psychedelics are great. You know, you're like, what's going on here? So, so, so yeah, I think, you know, what, what I've come to, I guess, uh, hone in on in relation to this work is that fundamentally what we're trying to achieve is a sustained higher level of consciousness. Each of these experiences should be, uh, you know, should be a a foundation for improvements to the quality of life. And, you know, as we do this work, then we come to recognize that fundamentally the universe is just throwing at us the, a challenge or the challenges that relate to our ability to rise to the next level of consciousness or not. Uh, And so um, as we, you know, I would really encourage uh, any of your listeners to check out uh, Dr. David Hawkins, letting go, which is a great book, which kind of uh, enumerates the, the various stages of consciousness. And so through that, we can understand, Oh, well, that's pretty obviously where I'm at number one, but number two, here's what the, the next stages look like. And so that gives us, you know, that gives us an ability to kind of calibrate ourselves and begin to make the necessary observations and then therefore changes to begin to um, work our way up through that. I love that, man. And I loved how you said that sustaining the level of consciousness, you know, that's so important. And I'm sure you can relate to like when you go, I've been to several personal personal growth events, you know, retreats, obviously uh, all kinds of different things like that. You, you try to do your best and invest, you know, what you can. And it's, it's sort of like this um, up and down, you know, when you're at the, at the retreat, especially if you're at a retreat where you are away from your home for, you know, a day or two or three or whatever more, it's, it's sort of this idyllic situation where you're sort of ripped from reality and, and on purpose, obviously, right? Because you, you're trying to get a new reality and, you know, then you come back home and then you're just, <laughs> you're back to your, you know, reasonable life. And it's like that in and of itself, you know, if you don't do the practice, I always say this to everybody, anybody who have worked with coaching or any otherwise, you know, if I write my books or something like that, it's, it's the unsexy personal growth answer answer, which is the practice. You know, we, we have these experiences that are profound and they, they lift you up a little bit so you can see a new level that you didn't see before over that fence. Like, Oh shit, there's some stuff that's cool over, over, over there, over that fence. But unless you create a practice out of maintaining that level uh, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's uh, it can, it can actually be more, of a problem because then you get depressed that you're not there anymore. You know, then you get sort of sad and you have this breakdown and it's, it's just terrible that you can't experience that. And you're even more frustrated at yourself. And so ultimately, uh, 
you know, and I'm sure we've all been there. I've, I've certainly been there and uh, through many of the experiences I've had now, I feel I'm really developed a life's practice and it's, it's always developing. I mean, I, I wake up sometimes and I feel tired and I want to flip off everybody, but it's a life's practice. You don't stay there. Um, you know, and I also don't feel that I need as much, you know, there's some people I've noticed and you can tell me what you think about this too, but I used to have some people I knew that were just like living in seminars. I mean, they're going to seminars and experiences every week and look, I'm all for it. I'm all for grow as a person, read, you know, look at different things, like just do whatever you can do. But there is a moment of like, you need to embrace life in the present moment and and really take it on and develop that, that ability to sustain that level of consciousness without an outside force, you know, And, and in my own experience to be specific to, the, the topic we're talking about now, what I found, and again, you can, there's a lot of thrown at you right now. So I apologize, but it just, um, it's just coming to my main, you know, my brain. So I had to share it, but um, with the psychedelics, especially, like you said, that's an amplifier. And so what I noticed when I very first started uh, that journey and I was less aware than I am now, or let's say less, you know, able to sort of um, manage my mind and emotions when those things are happening uh, it's very easy to derail, like you said, you know, and sort of have that your mind goes everywhere and you you start being so aware of everything. Like, holy shit, I'm aware of my own insecurities. I'm aware of like, oh, you know, you just, you go off on yourself and it's, it's, uh, it's a profound experience. And that's very powerful though, because you don't normally think that way. But uh, I've noticed that as I've grown as a person, the usage, when, when I do do it, I don't do it that often, but when I have done it, it's just been better and better because I've been able to sort of channel that experience and really hone in and like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'm aware, like I'm not, you know, unconscious. I'm definitely in an altered state, but it's like, okay, I can channel that and really be intentional about it and be, you know, really get a lot out of that. So it's, it's really interesting anyway. So I threw a lot of stuff at you. So whatever you want to throw back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I love what you said. You know, I think about, um, being able to channel more because it's, um, you know, the first time we do these things, it's kind of, you know, something is being done to us. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you realize, okay, it's all, it's all just energy and I'm energy and I've, and I've got an active role to play here in this energetic experience. And uh, Hey, I can, I can drive the bus. And uh, so what if I go over here? What if I go over there? Or what if I go look, Oh, I don't like that over there. Let's not go over there. Let's go over in this direction instead. And so, um, you know, as, as we begin to develop the capacities to be able to, you know, transmute the energies that are coming through, right. Because there are energies coming through. And so, you know, we want to, to, to process those, to channel those, you know, sometimes those difficult emotions or past experiences can arise and just to be able to, you know, gain the, gain the, the skill set, I suppose, is is important so that uh, we can we can navigate that. Um, but yeah, you know, I think um, for us, what what we do with um, with our business, we don't we don't really even just do the retreats anymore. We um, we started out and we were doing a seven week program as well as uh, retreats. And what we quickly saw was that people are really excited about doing psychedelic retreats. And they're not very excited about doing the mental and emotional work uh, on <laughs> right, the whole. Yeah. And so I was like, 
and so you know honestly speaking like we were, we were doing some some pretty high-end retreats like you know i did some retreats around 50k for a week like wow. just private you know private retreats for just two people 50k for a week yeah and i was like well this is a really great way to make money but this isn't really what i want to be putting out there in the world what yeah. i what i'm more interested in and motivated about is helping people get and keep that shift you know um yeah. i recently i recently went into a psychedelic forum that i um that i frequent and I asked, I started, I started asking people about whether or not they can, whether or not they think it's possible to sustain higher levels of consciousness through plant medicine. And the overwhelming majority said no. And I was, I was very interested and surprised by that. You know, that's this surprising. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and then subsequent to that, so I was like, okay, so how, how, many other people are seeing things so very differently from me. And so I was like, you know, I started sharing with them some of the work of Dr. David Hawkins and everyone just threw it out completely. They're like, this is just, you know, levels of consciousness. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, okay, wow, well, really? you know, we've, we've had these, we've had these mystics for thousands of years telling us about more advanced, you know, stages of consciousness. And, and now we've got all this great psychedelic research, which is, you know, perhaps they're not speaking exactly that language, but certainly they're having profound, you know, profound experiences or profound breakthroughs with being able to bring people from much lower levels of consciousness, like depression and, you know, inaction and all of those sorts of things up, you know, up to a more functional state of consciousness. Um, and it's, and it was just fascinating to me to see that, yeah, there's just such there's still such a fragmentation in understanding in relation to this. And and also there's um, you know, there's just there's there's just so much difference of opinion, right? You've got the people who believe in the medicalized model, there's others who believe that this can only be done in a shamanic context. You've got mm-hmm. others that are doing this in uh more, you know, more religious types of contexts, and that could be um, even Christians or, you know, there's, there's a broad, there's such a broad variety of, of traditions and beliefs. And if I'm to be honest, judgments. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that this, I'm pretty optimistic that all of this will evolve in the right ways. You know, there's lots of finger pointing in relation to you can't do this. You can't make money from that. You can't do this. And I'm just like, Hey, look, like different people need this packaged up in different ways in order for them to engage in it. Right. And so honestly speaking, whatever it takes for, uh, you know, for, for us, it's like whatever it takes for, you know, a leader, someone who, you know, really values their mind. Honestly, you generally, what we find with leaders is their number one, they, they fundamentally very much value their mind because it's given them the success that they've had in their lives. Number two, they're a little bit afraid. Uh, and number three, they often have been driven to success for, by, by this feeling of like, Oh, I'm not good enough. Right. And so that's kind of our, our target niche. We, we, we serve all types, but that's really what we, we like to focus on. And so, yeah, those people require a certain sort of a container to be to to feel like yeah, they're the structure. going to. Yeah, the structure. You know, the the high quality preparation integration. Um, a lot of them, you know, request medical supervision so that they can, you know, kind of let go of that that you know back of the back of the mind fear that uh, something might go wrong. Uh, and so and so, yeah, it's just it's it's a fascinating time for for plant medicine it ultimately, is. and uh, and very exciting. It is. There's so much to talk about. I mean, gosh, is like, I'm, I'm really curious too, where it's all going to go. I mean, I saw, um, and you're probably familiar with this. There's a, a recent product now coming out 
I think it's called silly, but it's spelled P S I L L Y. <laughs> and yeah. I, it's like a, you know, I guess psilocybin supplement or something. And then they, I even heard that they're wanting to do um, these little tabs, basically like they're like microdosing, you know, a psilocybin and then you could put them under your tongue. And so I'm like, wow, you know, that's imagine a world where that becomes like, you know, legal or accessible. I mean, I'm really curious where, where, what you think about all that, you know, you know, you kind of touched on, there's different ways to look at it, like either sort of the legalized medical way, the shamanic way, you know, like, what do you think? I mean, cause to me, I don't know, you know, I don't think people should be criminalized for using mushrooms, uh, you know, because it's such a special thing that evolves consciousness, you know, it doesn't make you aggressive. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good thing inherently, of course it opens things up and you need supervision, but I think inherently it's a good thing. But at the same time, I don't know, I don't know that legalizing it, or I don't know how to say this, but it's like, I don't, my thing is I don't want people to think, yeah, another party favor that I can use and just, you know, now I can party, you know, whatever. So it's like, that's not what they're intended for. (laughs) That's not where you're going to get the most out of it. That's not the point. Yes. Is it a pleasurable experience? Yeah, it can be, but that's not the point. You know, the point is self-discovery, you know? So I don't know. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's, um, there's such a range of things coming to the fore. Right. And I, I always try to encourage, you know, sometimes I find myself on these panels, like, either needing to try to defend what we're doing, which I don't, or trying, getting people trying to get me to attack what other people are doing. (laughs) Uh, And it's like, okay, like, remember that universal love experience? Like, can we go back to that for a second and just be like, all right, like things are evolving as they're meant to like, okay, maybe I don't have the right answer. Maybe she doesn't have the right answer. Maybe even we don't have the right answer, but like things are evolving and let's, let's put faith and trust in the evolutionary process. And I think what we're seeing now is exciting because there's, there's such a fragmentation of medicines, of delivery mechanisms, of dosages, of contexts, of, you know, the list goes on and on. And so, you know, I've got, I've got my personal perspectives on what will and won't bring people to the places that they want to be sustainably. Definitely. I've got my perspectives and opinions on that, but I don't think whatever it is that I think is more beneficial needs to be at the expense of what other people want to follow or what they think is going to be most beneficial for them. Personally, microdosing, not for me, zero interest. Tried a few times. Like, I'm just like, okay, I mean, I've never tried it. You didn't, I mean, does you feel anything? Like, is it, it seems kind of, I don't know, pointless to me, but anyway. Yeah. Well, again, and and I've had some, I know some friends that, uh, that I know, love and trust deeply. And they're like, this is awesome. This is exactly what I need. And mm. um, I'm like, oh, okay, great. But for me, it's just not. And so it's, there's also, you know, we're pretty complex beings. Right. And so I think there's also like, uh, yeah, just allowing people to self-select into what appeals to them. And, you know, that's part of what we do for our clients as well Is you know, some people, they want the full jungle, Amazon immersion, you know, mud under the eyes, yeah. week long retreat. Some of them even want to do that silent, you know, silent plant medicine retreat for 10 days. It's like, wow. All right. Let's, let's go deep. Uh, and other people are like, look, white walls. I want a latte machine over there. And- <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like, okay, I get you. I get you. Okay. You're, you know, you're, you're uh, you know, girls wearing high heels from the city. I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's set that context for you that, uh, that you're looking for. So, so yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, my personal opinion is a few of my personal opinions is it's not synthetic. We, we want to be working with the plants and I think we'll, we'll, we'll come to recognize that, you know, I was looking at, uh, I think the cheapest gram of synthetic psilocybin is something like 5k USD at the moment. Um, wow. Really? That expensive. <laughs> yeah. So the medicalized model has its, uh, has its, uh, downsides for sure. Of course. So yeah. I think it's going to follow the patent model, of course, you know, hundred percent. And so it's like, okay, so you guys have had, haven't you guys had these experiences? Like what, what are we doing trying to control these yeah. things? Like, Insulin about- all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. So I think it's, I think it's plants, not synthetic. I think it's, uh, you know, I think we want to move towards uh, democratized and legalized access. Right. I, I, I think that um, I think there would be benefits to some modicum of control. Like I'm not I, in, and I, and I say this as an interim period, into education, right? I, I don't think we should just open the floodgates completely and just go like, all right, everyone have at it. But I do think we should move towards that. And I think part of that should be really focused on high quality education for the masses. Like, here's what this is. Here's what this isn't. Here's what you can do to yourselves. Here's what you don't want you to do to yourselves. And once people understand that and go like, okay, yeah, it's like, it's a bit like, you know, I think there should be almost like a driver's license. Like, um, and, and you're like, okay, well now, now you've got your driver's license. You get out there and you can do whatever you want with your, with your car. Um, and, uh, you know, within, within a, Within legal limits. Within an acceptable range. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think this should be the same. So I don't think we should just open the floodgates, but at the same time, I think we need to move them in the direction of complete personal freedom in relation to, well, just about everything. What do you think are some common misconceptions about psychedelics in general? Number one, that they're good. <laughs> I think they're I think they're neutral. They're they're a powerful tool. Um, I think that uh, number two is the the risk profile in a, it associated with them is um, is misunderstood. Um, there, I think a lot of people still have the misconception that there's a very high risk profile. Um, there there are real risks associated, but um, fundamentally, if you go through you know a, a decent screening uh, and um, kind of questionnaire in relation to who you are, where you're at, what experiences you've had, then, then these experiences are safe. You know, there's probably, I would say that if, if as, and when high quality screening is being done, then it's something like one in 5,000 people that have like a super challenging, uh, like, 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 you know, very dangerous uh, type of experience. Um, And generally speaking, uh, it's people between 20 and 30 that have um, genetic predisposition to something like psychosis, but they haven't had any show, any, any tell uh, up until that point. And so this, you know, these sorts of experiences can actually trigger that, but it's a very, very low percentage of, mm-hmm. of the population. Um, I think other misconceptions that are out there is that um, uh, <laughs> is that the shamanic context is the right 
way to do that is is another one. I think you know shamanism it has so much to teach us about reconnecting to our roots and our you know more ancient uh, cultures. And you know there's any number of amazing traditions. And you know thank goodness that these traditions have been preserving plant medicine as the colonialism has uh, wiped out a lot of good things across the world and yeah. that they you know, resurfaced out of the Amazon and, and other amazing places. So, you know, thank goodness. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that's like, if you're not doing this with a shaman, then, you know, dot, 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 dot. And it's like, come on, like there are other healers out there that are, you know, uh, you know, non-shamanic that are doing this work at a very high level. And so just to, to throw them under the bus is, is I think a little bit unfair. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of the other, I think the other, um, misconceptions would be around yeah that you know as we've been speaking about the in of themselves they will facilitate transformation i think that's another mm-hmm. misconception that um that is you know the current narrative what the current paradigm that we're in in terms of mental health is we've just set this subjective bar at this level and we've said if you're below this bar then you have a problem and you need to go get help you need treatment and if you're above this bar then you've got nothing to worry about and just carry on with your day uh and and fundamentally that's not it right we we all kind of calibrate at a current level of consciousness Um, but there is no end to the potential for our own evolution. We can just keep going up through these levels of consciousness. You know, if we put our mind and energies to it, there's no upper bound to that. You know, there's any one person can reach Buddha consciousness. You know, I think he got to work at age 28. Um, and so, you know, there's, and, and I think without plant medicine, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you know, there's maybe some questions around that, but (laughs) yeah, I've wondered about some of these ancient sages too. I mean, there's, you know. There's definitely a question of that too. If they had any experiences with various plants, you know, obviously to help them see things differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there's some pretty strong evidence that's, that's out there, but um, you know, and then, and then when we reach a, so at the moment, the narrative is focused upon, Oh, look, plant medicine, you know, psychedelics can help us treat depression, anxiety, PTSD, Mm. dot, dot, dot. And it's like, you're just talking about these people down here. Like, and I don't, you know, of course we, we want to heal these people. We want to help these people we want to, you know, get them to be thriving and better and, you know, great parents and back to work. And, you know, a lot of these people, but, and so we've, you know, in order to legalize these, um, these plants and these psychedelics, we've had to focus in on treatment, right? We've had to focus in on these people. You know, this guy has come back from, um, from Iraq and fundamentally he can't even hold down a job. He, you know, he can't even be a parent. Okay. Now we've given him the psychedelic treatment. He's back, you know, he's back to, you know, building houses and, you know, he's, he's back and it's like, okay, wow, there's something really fundamentally here. Um, but I think, you know, the, the point of leverage is actually further up here. We want to find those people who are already operating at a high level. And, you know, most people who are leaders in this world, I can, you know, they're calibrating at a level of pride, which is me first, it's my success. They're competitive, they're driven, they're truth seekers, they're rational, and they're solving fundamentally for themselves. Um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. I was there for years and years, years and years, even while I was doing plant medicine work. And it's not until you help people break out of that paradigm that you really unleash something where 
they they then become a leader not for themselves they're becoming a leader from you know the position of service and you know that begins a really powerful upwards trajectory into you know sustaining higher levels of consciousness when people are able to to make that shift and you know at the moment our world is still entirely being led by people who are stuck in that paradigm people mm. who have you know, come through a system, right? We have all of these systems, whether it be consulting, where I spent most of my career, whether we're talking about law firms, whether we're talking about uh, sports, whether we're talking about, you know, uh, investment banking, whether we're talking about um, politics, you know, these are all just systems. And it's, you know, there are systems that are made up of people and beliefs and rules. And then you got to try and find out, okay, how am I going to navigate through this system in order to get to where I want to be? And it's like, that's, that's really, that's really coming, you know, that's trying to put yourself first, which I think people should put themselves first, but it's trying to, you know, it's trying to it's at the expense of others rather than, Hey, we can all win this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, I think part of the the paradigm shift that we're, we're undergoing at the moment is, you know, less mind, more spirit, less mind, more heart. And how can we win this together rather than I win, you lose, you lose, or you win, I lose sort of, uh, sort of thinking. That's great, man. It's so interesting too, because I think that is shifting and I'm, I constantly remind myself, I'm like, man, I'm so, grateful to be alive in this particular time, especially because our generation, I think was kind of like the bridge generation between sort of that old consciousness, you know, and now you're seeing this, this new, whatever, the great awakening, whatever you want to call it, there's this new wave of consciousness and new evolution of of humanity. And it's like, wow, you know, what a time to be alive. I mean, seriously, like what a time to be alive, to see all of everything happening and to see a new, I think we're going to have a new way of doing business. It's going to be a new economy, a new sense of, I don't know. It's just a lot of things are going to be new because people are, are seeking something different. They're questioning, they're asking questions. They're asking questions of themselves. I think they're asking questions of the establishment. You know, they're asking questions of their life purpose. They're trying to see like what's actually important, you know? And so all that stuff as a group, this this mass of, you know, eyeballs that's just moving and moving and, and sort of vibrating differently. It's, yeah. it's really cool to be, to see that, you know, like, man, I think like if I was born in the fucking, I don't know, 10th century or something, like, can you imagine you're, you're, you're stuck. Like there's no, if you're born a surf, like you're fucked. That's it. You're a fucking surf the rest of your life. I mean, there's no con you could do all the mushrooms you want. There's no, <laughs> you're not doing shit, you know? So, you know, now it's like you, you have this opportunity to, to be unlimited. Like you said, you know, it never, it never stops. There's always a new layer. And that's just so exciting to be able to think that we can take action on that, that we're not limited systemically by that, that you have the opportunity to grow into the best version of yourself. I think that's really cool. Absolutely. And, you know, I've, um, we've only just launched Behold Retreats uh, last year and I've just been floored. I mean, here's, here's a fact that I didn't recognize at the time, but of course is evidently true. There's never a better time to launch a business ever in history than today, because (laughs) the tools that are out there are just constantly evolving and they're solving for your SEO strategy. They're solving for your content distribution. They're solving all this stuff that you would have had to go around and like paste this into a form. Like 
all these tools that are out there are just allowing, you know, if someone's got an idea, they've got a product, a service, a thing. And it's like before you had to go out there and be like, all right, who in this neighborhood yeah. could do Yeah, you can some- systematize it so easily. Totally, totally. And so now you just got this access, right? And so, you know, even if you're doing, um, you know, uh, services, you know, if you've got something for hairstylists with one hand, well, you know, there's probably a couple thousand of them out there. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can, you can, you can find them and you can, and you can sell to them. And, uh, and so, yeah, I've just been floored by how, you know, and I think, you know, the, the entrepreneurial path really accelerates the spiritual growth as well, because oh, you just, 100%. You just you just come to face some of the some of your own limitations and uh, blind spots and all of that. And so, you know, I think I think, as you said, we're all interconnected now. We, we can exchange information. We can read anything we want. And it's just a it's just a fascinating time. Is, and, and, you know, the, the other thing that comes to mind is like I think a lot of what we're seeing at the moment is what I describe as like exercises in the absurd. Right. So you see like bitcoin pricing like shooting through the <laughs> yeah. roof you see uh wall street's bets with you know um, you just see all of these like news clips and like fragments that are just like absurd and you're like and i think a lot of that to me is like signs that you know we're breaking out of this paradigm because mm-hmm. it's like you know we're, we're, we're doing a lot of things that are fundamentally at odds with the laws of the universe in in our current structure and current ways of doing things and so nature is going to return itself, you know, whether that's with a virus or, or, or more significant means it's going to return itself back into, into balance. And so um, I think that's a lot of what we're seeing these days is like, all right, well, here's the messages around how, how and where you need to make adjustments to return to balance. You know, it's interesting. I, I was uh, when this whole thing happened like a year ago or whatever it's been now, I remember just trying to go to the bike store to get a new bike and it was literally sold out for like fucking three months or something crazy. You know, and I'm like, wow, like people must be really going outside more. And so I just thought to myself, I'm like, you know, even just doing that, reconnecting to nature, you know, this whole pandemic or whatever has forced people to, um, you know, take a long, hard look at, at life, I think. And, and having that stillness for me in my background in movement, I always talk about this, but you know, you can't change direction if you're moving without slowing down or stopping, you know, it's kind of like a stick shift. You have to go through that neutral to be able to change direction. And that, that's just the law of physics. And if you look at the mind, to me, it works the same way. I mean, if you have a particular emotion, if you want to experience another emotional state or the opposite, you have to, you have to kind of go through different steps, obviously to do that. It can't just like flip on and off. And, um, that's why stillness for me has always been very valuable in everything I do, whether it's just taking time off, whatever, a couple, uh, 10 minutes or something to go for a walk before I do some more work or something or going on a retreat, you know, having that stillness is so important. And I think it's really interesting how this whole situation has forced that circumstance, you know, on people and having that stillness. And it's like, okay, now you're home. You know, now you have to you, know, you look at, I think some of the statistics I saw was, it was really interesting too, like with people's relationships, having like relationship problems because they're at home now and they actually have to communicate, you know? So you realize like, oh shit, we've been hiding our, you know, lack of communication this whole time, just being busy. And it's like, that's very valuable. And that's part of the work, I guess, you know, it's not, not comfortable, but it's part of the work to stop and see what happens when you stop, when you change that momentum, because the momentum, it's easy to get lost in the comfort of that momentum and just kind of, okay, just kind of, 
going through the motions of life and trailing on, but you never get to that, ne- that next level unless you actually stop uh, so you can readjust. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, uh, that's fundamentally it. It's like we, we've been programmed and taught that all the things are on the outside, right? And so we're chasing after all these things are on the outside. And it's like, that's not it. It's all on, it's all on the inside. Um, And so, you know, there's, you know, it's, you just, you can't help but see and read and hear these stories, right? Where people get to the end of their life. One of my, one of my, one of the things that hit me the hardest is um, there's an article which then subsequently turned into a book, which is top five regrets of the dying. And it's Mm. this nurse who was working with people late in life and she was asking them, so what do you, what do you regret? And it was just universally the same things. All these people who've gotten to a late stage in life where, you know, they think they've worked too hard. They haven't been true to themselves. They haven't been loving enough. They haven't stayed in touch with their old friends. And it's because of all of the, you know, all of the distractions, all of the outside world commitments. And so I think, you know, fundamentally, we're not here to work, right? We're here to evolve ourselves. And through that evolution, work can, you know, work can serve that evolution, or work can be a massive distraction, as you were saying, from the from that evolution. 100% man, so well said, I, I absolutely love that. You know, I think work is something that fundamentally and that goes along with what we were talking about too earlier, because, you know, this whole new consciousness shift, I think is, if you look at the old system, um, it was really a system built on slavery, you know, and that's in every sense of the word. I mean, whether you look at the feudal system and not much has changed, you know, we all have iPhones, but you're still a slave to some degree. And it's just like, everything is based on that competitive slavery type abuse type system. And I think that that whole consciousness is changing and, yeah. Uh, part of that is a, is a fundamental shift in how we perceive work. You know, I think people are going to, I don't know how it's going to happen. Don't ask me. I'm not a fucking economist, but somehow we're going to figure out how that, how we can spend our time doing more meaningful work. Work, I think is part of our existence. I think you should have fulfilling work that you do every day because it is fulfilling to work. I love working, doing the things that I love doing, obviously, you know, like I love working. Why would you stop working? Uh, if you really enjoy doing what you're doing, but the problem is because of the slave system, we've just kind of been working, you know, for this abstract idea of like survival and then money and, you know, whatever other ego driven thing. And it's just like, you're not, that's a total waste of time to me. I mean, it's just like, you're not here. Like you said, you're not here to work. You're here to evolve and to experience uh, this amazing temporal dualistic system. I mean, it's just such a mystery. Every time I, you know, and that's one thing I'm actually very grateful for, to psychedelics specifically, it's really improved my ability to be present. Obviously, mm. you know, just regular presence, you know, I don't need drugs to, you know, to be present, but um, it's really improved my ability to just notice, you know, especially obviously mushrooms because they, they really get you present and they really enhance that present experience to where, you know, when I take walks, I just take walks all the time around my beautiful neighborhood. And it's like, man, I'm just floored by just the beauty of nature all the time. Every single time. There's not a single time that I can walk in a natural place and just not notice the immense complexity and intricacy and beauty of nature around you. It's like, holy shit. It just reminds you of just the special, special, special system that you are in. Uh, And I, I think if you can connect to that, on a regular basis, it's, 
it'll help you kind of balance out all the bullshit that goes on every day. You know, it's like, all right, let me do my to-do list. Let me email. Let me do and You get wrapped up in this little rat race in your brain, but all, none of that shit really matters at the end of the day, you know? So that's one thing I'm really grateful to, to those experiences. They've really heightened my ability to be present just every day, you know? I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, what are part of what our monkey mind loves to do is to rob us of that moment of, of this moment um, and uh, move off into the past and dwell on, you know, our story uh, or move off into the future and, and tell us yeah. about, oh, well, this is going to go wrong and that's going to go wrong. And he's like, no, it's not. I think there's, I can't, I think it might've been a I want to say Mark Twain, but I don't, I may not have that right. There's a quote that I absolutely love is like, well, towards the end of whoever, whoever's quote it was, it was asked like, oh, well, how, how has your life been? And it's like, well, it's mostly been a nightmare that never happens. And I love that <laughs> because it's like, you spend your whole life thinking about, um, thinking about these, these potentialities never come through. You know, when I was in my, in my past career, I was in consulting. It's super helpful, right? Um, you, it's, it's a, it's a masterclass in, training yourself to be anxious because you're really just focused on identifying potential future negative outcomes uh, yeah. <laughs> and then and then planning for making sure that those, those don't happen and it's like you know it's just it puts your brain into such a state uh unless unless you become conscious of that and uh and begin to think in in a different way you really have to practice it though man i mean the thing is we're so hardwired for that negativity bias that I mean, even uh, with all the things that I do and I've done and, you know, I've written some books, I have this podcast, I get to talk to people such as yourself. I've, I've tried, done psychedelics plenty of times, you know, there's still, it's like a practice because the brain is always sneaking up on you, always trying to predict, always trying to find the worst fucking thing that's going to happen. And it never happened. Like most of the time, like 99% of the time, it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen. Like, I swear, it's so funny because we are locked into this reality this predictive reality that that makes us feel like it's so right, like it's so certain, it's so certain of itself when it tells you, hey, this shit's gonna happen and you better watch out, you know, and your your mind when you're in your mind and you're talking to that ego, you're like, all right, well, this sounds really legit. Like, you know, this story that you're telling me sounds really legit, you know, but it never happens that way because there's so many factors that your mind ignores. <laughs> you know, in that whole system around you. I mean, it's an incredibly complex system that works on the law of attraction and magnetism and vibration that there's no fucking way you can keep track of all the variables going on. And so it never happens the way you think it's going to happen, but yet it feels so convincing when we're in that story. And so it's, it's a practice for sure. I mean, you really have to train the other part of your mind that, uh, is intuitive, that surrenders, that uh, goes with the flow, that goes into the, uh, you know, creative, that goes into the faith and trust and all that. It's, kind of, it's, it's a muscle. Yeah, I've definitely learned it's a practice to practice that muscle. 100%, 100%. And, you know, I think that's part of also what makes this work exciting is you begin to develop your sensitivities, right? And yeah. so in each, in each moment, you're able to identify more clearly those opportunities for 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 collective benefit right because if you've just got your you know if you've just got your your, your blinders on and you're just charging ahead at this uh this goal this thing this whatever it is that you're working on then you're just missing you're missing so much because you're just not seeing 
those finer points, those subtle points of, oh, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? And so, you know, it's coming. That's what I always say to people. It's coming. Whatever it is that you want, if it's coming for you. If, if you're manifesting it, it's coming. But yeah. your job is to, you know, embody that, embody that belief, embody that knowing that it's coming for you, and then to stay sensitive, right? Because that person who you know, you may not think is interesting, might have exactly what you need. The person, mm-hmm. you know, just stay super sensitive in relation to um, what's coming for you because that could be it. And so, you know, of course, if if, if you miss it, don't worry, it's still coming. Um, it might take another form. It might take more time. But our job is to is to embody that knowing and then to stay sensitive. So, so true, man. I, I talk about this stuff all the time with sensitivity and in my, in my background, having been a, an athlete and particularly with the type of stuff that I was doing with ballroom dancing, you really, and, and as a male, but I guess it would go both ways because you're dancing with a partner, but having that partnership element to what I was doing, um, you know, learning to lead and follow in dancing, obviously, you know, you learn so much sensitivity. And again, mm. as a male, you, you have to learn how to lead. It's a very interesting life practice. I, I really recommend everybody should do it because for me, it taught me leadership in a indirect way, you know, it's, it's that Wu Wei type of Eastern philosophy, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with it, which is basically, you know, how do I create, how do I make them do what they need to do without force? You know, how, how do I invite the outcome and create the circumstances around the outcome? So the outcome just happens naturally. And so that whole discipline of learning to do that with my body and, and physically doing that, uh, really trained sensitivity. And I think anything that trains your sensitivity and helps you notice what is not obvious to you is such an important skill in life because we, that whole momentum that I was talking about, that momentum state, you know, we just go through life following what's obvious to us, right? I mean, the things that are triggers, the thing both ways, right? Whether it's pleasurable or painful, you know, we just keep bouncing back and forward between the triggers. And when you can stop and notice, you know, smell the roses, right? <laughs> Stop and notice the things that are not obvious to you. I think that's when you've elevated to another level of consciousness because that's where the real fun begins. When you can start seeing like, huh, that's interesting. Like live an interesting life. That's what I always say is live an interesting life. You know, may, who cares if it's good or bad? Was it interesting, right? You know, that's that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Live an interesting life. And, and you know, there's there's this whole false belief of deferred gratification, right? Like, oh, well, I'm just going to do this. And then I'm, and then I'm going to lead an interesting life once, once I get here and it's just such bullshit. Like it's, it's, it has to come from within and it, and it it shouldn't come now. Right. And there's, we just finished up a survey for a press piece and it was fascinating. You know, you ask people, you know, what makes a good person? And it's kind, empathetic. It's, you know, all of giving, all of those sorts of traits that you would expect. And then you're like, okay, well, what do you, what do you, what do you want to be? And it's like, I want to be successful. And like, it was 39% of people from memory, 39% of people, and this is a pretty good sample size, 39% of people wanted to be successful versus 21% that wanted to be happy. And that's just Mm. blown away. Like, hang on. So wait, isn't, you think you're going to be happy once you're successful, 
but you want the success rather than the happiness. And it's just like, we, we still don't get it. You know, the, the, the yeah. success and happiness comes from within here. It's not something that's out there that then, you know, somehow backwards translates into your, into your <laughs> being. It's just, it's, and it would just, you know, we're just chasing after it. And that's what we, yeah. you know, even still the entrepreneurial, you know, the entrepreneurial narrative is just go grind, just, you know, go get it. And, um, you know, just fail over and over again and just hustle hard and hard work is the answer. And just like, that's one way to do it. I guess if that's, is that's really what you want, like go for it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, man. Cause I, I agree with what you said about the entrepreneurism being a very spiritual journey at heart, because ultimately it's all on you, right? I mean, it's all on you and you know, you're accountable and, and you are going to reveal all of your spiritual weaknesses when you set out to do something great. I mean, whatever they happen to be, they'll come forward through a project. That's why I think to me, entrepreneurism is really a spiritual activity. I mean, we, we get into it maybe on the surface for these little ego reasons, like, Oh, I want to, you know, make money or even I want to leave a legacy or some, you know, abstract thing. But in the end, you know, our soul is calling us to, to these greater commitments, I think to eke out what it needs to eke out. Right. I mean, to, to bring out that, transformation that that growth that we are here to be i think that whatever you want to call it but earth is a school to me uh and mm. it's not school like you know elementary school and nuns hitting you with a you know with a ruler like i was in catholic school but um it's a school you know it's a place to learn it's it's a place to me where you have to be an active participant and yeah that, that's how you get the most out of life is really by participating in that element of growth and discovery and questioning and all those wonderful things. I mean, what a, what a game, man, you know, right. What a game to be part of, to be playing, you know, I, I, you know, for clients that are ready to hear that, I always love to say that it's just like anchor this in your mind. This is, yeah. this yeah. is the game. And the moment yeah. that you get, it. Yeah, I, I had a video game addiction when I was in my teens, escaping all the drug use that was happening. Didn't we all? Me. Didn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> and the, and you know, you get into these games and you're like so immersed, oh, yeah. right? It's other universe, and you're just like up. You know, you you're building your town over here. You're attacking, defending. You know, there's so much happening. Yeah. And and then and then somehow people aren't able to take those you know take those that thinking and apply it to their own lives and it's like this is just a game so you know you got to work on you got to work on yourself you got to go meet people you got to make connections you got to like yeah you got to get out there <laughs> yeah sorry what, what did you say Tudor? i said level up yeah you level, level up, up your exactly. level up your character <laughs> that's it that's it and so the moment that people are like ah oh, Okay. And it's like, yeah. And, and it's just, I love that. That whole concept of gamification is just allows for, I don't know, there's a, there's a, there's a freedom in that, which is you don't become so invested in the first person experience of life, but you've abstracted up and now you're watching your, you know, your being from the perspective of playing within this, within this, this very fun game. And, uh, and so when, when people get that, then it's, uh, life takes on another shape. Well, I'll tell you, you know, that's another thing too, that I've been able to get in my awareness is from, from these experiences that I've had is that, I mean, you look at, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole of, do we live in a simulation or not? You know, you look at, uh, you know, video games now, and it's so interesting because 
the goal is to make it more and more realistic, right? And you know, more immersive. So you can smell your environment, walk around through your environment. And pretty soon it's like, well, you're going to get the same shit that you're doing now, ultimately, right? I mean, there's a quote by, um, I'm sure you've followed or listened to Alan Watts, you know, a uh, great, great uh, person in yeah. this whole field. And there's a quote, you know, it's a long quote because he talks about, but he talks about being in a dream. And he's mm-hmm. like, you could dream, I'm sure you're familiar with this one, but basically where, you know, you could dream anything you wanted and you could have it, you know, and you dream, well, okay, I'm going to dream all these wonderful parties and pleasurable experiences and do whatever. And then, and then you kind of get bored of it. And let, let's have a little, you know, something that we can't control, you know, let's have that little surprise element and, you know, okay, let's try that. And then pretty soon, pretty soon with all these extra surprises, you're going to dream exactly where you are right here and right now with you know, this, this whole life that you're living where you feel like nothing's out of control, but this is the ultimate experience because maybe in an alternate reality, everything is pleasurable and easy and there's no pain. There's no time. There's no, you know, none of this stuff. And so maybe coming here is the ultimate treat. It's the ultimate game to, to see like, wow, you know, imagine if I, I think about this shit all the time, man. I mean, it's imagine like if you were with your friends and you're like, all right, let's try this game. And it's going to wipe your memory, you know, and you're not, you're, you're going to wake up and you're not going to know that it's a game. And so the game is if you can figure out if it's a game, but you're going to think it's really fucking convincing because you're going to feel stuff. You're going to see, you're going to smell like you have no freaking clue that it's not a game. Imagine what kind of game that would that'd be a trip. Like if that existed today, right. I mean, if you look and log in and you know, it wipes your memory, I mean, that would be a crazy game, but that would be such an experience. And who's to say that we're not living through that right now. And if that is the case, why take it all so seriously? You know? Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. I couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Have you seen the game with uh, Michael Douglas in it? I think it's a 1990s movie. Oh yeah. Movie. That's a classic. Oh, love that That was movie. like out in the nineties or something, right? Yeah. My girlfriend and I just uh, rewatched that recently. It's such a, such a fun yeah. one. And, and, you know, I think that's what you said is fundamentally it, right? I, I always, um, sometimes it's like, okay, so yeah, let's wipe, let's, let's leave ourselves here for a second. Let's wipe the whole slate clean. Right. So, and now, and now let's try to redesign creation, but let's see what you can do. What, what other ideas do you have that you think could make improvements to, to this, right? You've got, at the moment, we've got trees, we've got mountains, we've got deserts, we've got jungle, we've got um, stars, we've got galaxies, we've got um, smell, we've got taste, you know, like, it's just, we've got polarity, we've got, good, bad, you know, we've got these, we've got like, what, what are you going to do? What are you adding here? Like, tell me like, what is it that you think you could add to creation? Like, yes, we continue to evolve our spaceships and da, da, da. Yeah, cool. That's coming. Um, But like, in terms of the fundamentals, like, tell me what you got in mind here to really improve things. And it's like, oh yeah, this is it. It's, it's all perfect. Even if there are things even if there are things we don't like, right. Even if there are wars and if there's famine and there's this, it's like, this is, you know, this is consciousness evolving itself. Um, yeah. and we are consciousness observing itself and with the option to, to evolve itself. So crazy, man. It's a great time to be alive. I'll tell you that it it's is. a great time to be alive. If somebody's never gotten into this stuff and this is like the first time they're learning about it or hearing about it, how would you suggest that they prepare, get involved, learn a little more, take the next steps. Like, how do you, you know, how do you go from 
basically, you know, <laughs> never experiencing, you know, a psychedelic experience to doing it safely, obviously, and getting the most out of it. Yeah. So, um, of course, being a salesman, I'd say come to behold retreats. That's <laughs> right. <only> yeah. <laughs> you guys do those. And how often do you do those retreats? Oh, all the time. Um, so we've got retreats ongoing in Costa Rica, Mexico, Peru, Netherlands. Oh, nice. Uh, not, not so much Peru at the moment, given the uh, COVID situation, but um, but otherwise we've got uh, retreats ongoing. Um, but what I would what I would more broadly, you know, encouraging people to find good experiences. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a couple other dynamics that we didn't speak about. There is a short supply of people who are expert practitioners in this space. And so as demand is skyrocketing, you know, there is an unfortunate reality that, you know, that a lot of people are, you know, honestly, a lot of people are desperate um, to be better. And so, yeah. you know, people are, are, are taking steps that, you know, are not ideal in the sense that, you know, they're just trusting some guy or some girl that, sounds like they know what they're talking about. Um, in terms of finding a good experience, what I would encourage people to think about is not the experiences themselves. Um, so try to find people who have had a successful transformation, right? People who have had successful elevations in consciousness over time. Um, so a little bit like similar to what you I spoke about. I love how you said that over time. That's, over time. that's important. <laughs> over time, over time. We're talking about yeah. six months, 12 months, 18 yeah. months, years. You know, who is it that's guided them successfully over years? And And here's the other dynamic to this, which is, Try to look past what the person is telling you in relation to the experiences themselves and ask about the improvements to quality of life. So where was their health when they started emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually? Where was their passion for work before they started? Where was their relationships with their parents, with their siblings, with their loved one, uh, you know, dot, dot, dot. And then where is that now? So rather than, oh yeah, I've had six ceremonies over two years and they've been such beautiful transcendent experiences, but my life looks and feels the same as it did two years ago. That's, that's overwhelmingly the norm. And so if you're trying to find a really transformational experience, then you need to find people who have gone through a transformation. And that is, there's, a, there's an inward expression of that but there's also an outward expression of that. Um, and that will be in terms of, you know, how they're living. If you go to their house and the house is a mess and, you know, relationships are still not good, et cetera, et cetera, then whoever's guiding them, stay away from them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so that's what I would encourage people to look, look at rather than, oh yeah, you know, this powerful plant medicines and this great guy who facilitated the experience. Like, like psychedelic experiences are profound. Like you're going to have a profound experience. That's a hundred percent the norm. What's rare is, um, is, is really high quality improvements to the quality of the experience, the, the, the experience being everyday life rather than plant medicine. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Sustained, sustained experiences. Sustained. Exactly. Any, any cool stories from some of your retreats that you want to share? Obviously you can keep their names private, yeah. but just anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got, a, I got a great piece of feedback yesterday from a client. So I share that one, which is uh, yeah. this guy, he's a chief security and information officer, a great guy. Um, 
he, he pushes hard, you know, and uh, been on, the, you know, built a bit of a relationship over over a couple of weeks and finally says, all right, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And so uh, we, we brought him through our program and down to Costa Rica um, to a really exceptional retreat we have there. And uh, he sent me yesterday, he says, uh, I've cleared 50 years worth of shit in 10 days. Wow. This has been better and more powerful than I ever could have imagined. I came to play and I have worked like I've never worked in my life. And uh, he said more, more later. So I've, uh, when, when clients are on retreat, I, I don't tend to interact with them very much, right? Because you just want to let them immerse in, uh, yeah. in the experience itself. But uh, I'm, I'm super excited to actually speak to him. And so, you know, it's, it's stories like this. I always say to our team, I say like, look, we've got a team, we've got things to do, we've got goals and blah, blah, blah. But none of this shit matters. What matters, you know, the, the, the unit of work is personal transformation. It's the client outcome, like yeah. all of this other stuff, marketing and blah, 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 blah. It's just stuff that needs to happen in between, uh, in between getting the client, the outcome. And so I want all, I always say to my team, any unit of work that's not directly related to the quality of that, let's try to automate it, right? Like yeah. let's try yeah. to automate as much of this stuff uh, as possible so that we can uh, focus on the productive unit of work, which is client transformation. Do you guys do only uh, mushrooms or do you offer like ayahuasca as well? Or Yeah. So mostly we work with ayahuasca. Um, oh, ayahuasca. Do... Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So mostly we work with ayahuasca. We, we work with psilocybin as well. Uh, and then for, for those who are ready, we also do some bufo retreats, but that's, um, that's a whole different sport. Uh, what's, what's bufa? I've never heard of bufa. Uh, it's uh, bufo alvarius is, uh, it's, um, Sonoran desert toad. Uh, it comes in the, the natural as well as the synthetic form. Uh, we tend to prefer working with the synthetic form for ethical reasons. Um, but it's, it's, you know, known as, six times more powerful than ayahuasca. Uh, very short. Wow, experience. really? <laughs> I've never even done yeah. ayahuasca. I've, I've been curious about that, but that's definitely one that I want to be in like a, one of these guided, you know, whatever being, you know, in a retreat setting because yeah. I heard it's, it's a very potent experience, but I can't imagine six times more powerful than that. Jesus Christ. It's, it's, yeah, it's something else. And and how long does that last with the, with the, I mean, do you just take it or you, it's a synthetic, you're not licking a toad. You're generally, generally you smoke it. Um, there are, okay. there are other delivery mechanisms that, you know, people are always looking for the next best thing. Yeah. Um, but, um, but it's, you know, the experience itself is um, infinity or about 10 to 20 minutes, depending upon how you're measuring. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So the, um, you know, you, you're basically shot out of your being immediately. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, there's, there's probably two people uh, that I would trust in the world to facilitate my experience um, in relation to this. There's a lot of facilitators out there um, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's something, but, you know, I would always recommend to people, work with psilocybin, work with ayahuasca, um, preferably for an extended period of time to, you know, calibrate your ability to, yeah. you know, keep the bicycle upright. And then, you know, when, when you know and feel intuitively that the time is right, then, you know, perhaps explore, explore this. Wow. That's crazy, man. So interesting. It's such a, such a wide world and it's so cool that it's uh, something that we can talk about and share with others. And, you know, it's a freedom of information. Obviously people can learn for themselves and it's not, um, again, you know, it's not the middle ages where we're, you know, 
locked into one slate of consciousness for the rest of our lives. You know, that's, that's really cool. It is. It is. And so when you're, uh, when you're up for an ayahuasca retreat, let me know. And, oh, for uh, sure. I'll that. definitely hit you up. Yeah. That's, that sounds awesome. Anything coming up for you guys? That's, uh, exciting, fun, new. Um, we've got a press piece coming out, uh, tomorrow, I believe, which should be fun. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not perfect, but it's, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, and we're going to go deeper with these guys. I love what they do. They do, um, they take a data or statistic oriented approach to your topic. So, um, in this, in this area, one of the questions that they asked our survey base was, um, here, well, here was the, here was the response. 46% of Americans think that they are the best person that they know, which to me is staggering. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a huge it's a, percentage. It's like, wow. I mean, I, I think it's, it's good to have a positive view of yourself. Don't get me wrong, but like the best person, am I the best person I know? I don't know. Like, I don't think, I don't think I'd answer in the positive. <laughs> yeah. At least one person in your life. Yeah. You know, they say always be the dumbest person in the room, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if, if, if you have the privilege, then, then that's, that's the best approach to life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so there's some, so there's this press piece coming out, which I think is uh, going to be interesting and yeah, should hopefully create a little bit more buzz around what we're doing. So uh, I'm excited that's about cool. that. Yeah. Nice. Hey, what are you most grateful for today? Um, what am I most grateful for? Hmm. Living in Copenhagen, you know, uh, living living here has been such a blessing. Uh, you know, being in nature, we've got coconut trees and beaches all around. Oh, that's nice, and, man. Uh, yeah, we've adopted two stray cats from the neighborhood, and uh, they're starting to get along with our cat now, which is nice. And uh, just life, you know, just enjoying experience. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with my friend, Jonathan. You know, I've said many times, plants have all the answers. And I really truly believe that. You know, we, if you look at plants throughout history, they've been used for so many. Our ancestors had such an intimate connection to nature. And they used plants for healing, healing wounds, healing diseases, uh, and also for spiritual growth. You know, spirituality was intimately tied to nature. You know, if you study any tribal culture that's still remaining, you can see all these things that were part of all of human culture for a long time until we started getting very separate from that. You know, we had spiritual dances, we had herbs, we had, you know, various obviously substances like ayahuasca and psilocybin and different types of things like this that were part of ritual. You know, human beings are a ritual creature. We're a creature of habit. And so we instinctually find spirituality and, and create ritual and different things. And plants were a big part of that. And psychedelics, especially, you know, like ayahuasca, you know, mushrooms, obviously, you know, their mushrooms are in some places illegal, but that's really changing. You know, that's really changing. And thankfully so, because they're, I think they've been really demonized. Uh, and so I'm very happy to have had Jonathan on the show to share some of these things with you because they can be a very powerful tool for self-discovery. And if you do decide to go that route, make sure that you're being safe, that you have, you know, a trusted person that you're maybe working with that's done it or, 
you know, a retreat like Behold Retreat. So if you can go check them out at behold-retreats.com. These types of organized experiences, especially if it's your first time doing this, it's very important. You know, the other part of it that was also important is to leave room before and after the experience. You know, allow yourself to go in it with intention and allow yourself also afterward to integrate. That's really the key. You, know, you have to treat this as a real uh, spiritual tool. It's not just some recreational um, thing for pleasure. And this is very important. So hope you got it, get something out of this episode. You know, it's a really interesting topic for me, and I could probably talk about it for a while because uh, I have had some experiences that have really changed my mindset and really changed my awareness and my consciousness uh, with mushrooms specifically. I think they're, they could be very powerful, but they have to be also, like I said, done in a safe setting. So always remember that. And don't forget today's quote, very much in line with what we're talking about. A ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are for. John A. Shedd. Great quote, you know, as a reminder that we we have to take action and move forward. Life is in the sailing, right? It's in the being on the ocean and moving around. And the ocean has turbulence. Obviously, it's got waves, it's got up and downs, it's got, you know, maybe some sea monsters here and there, but certainly life is not sitting at the dock. It's nice and safe at the dock, but that's not what life is about. And whatever that means to you today doesn't mean necessarily go out and do an ayahuasca journey, but whatever that means to you today, the ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are for. I'm sure it means something to you today. So explore that and see where it takes you. Thank you so much for listening. As always, so grateful to have you here with me today. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day, awesome rest of your weekend, and we'll see you on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday as always. And don't forget, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.